Welcome everyone to another episode of Teacher Life. Today we have a fantastic middle school theater teacher and director, Miss Megan Hafumi. And I have to have you, Megan, pronounce your last name for me because I don't want to, you know, butcher it. But Megan teaches at Rocky Run Middle School in Chantilly, Virginia, which is the most amazing sounding place ever. You've got Chantilly and Rocky Run. So I just love that. (laughs) Megan's been teaching for 25 years in total. Uh, And you've been online for quite a while. And it looks like as of March 2nd, you moved to some sort of hybrid model. So welcome, Megan, and tell us all about it. Hi, thank you for having me on. Um, you said my, nas- my last name properly. It is Pafumi. That's right. I love it. Being half Italian, I love it. <laughs> thank you. And it's I married into it a few years ago, and a lot of people want to put an R in it. I get called Parfumi all the time. Oh. <laughs> so, and for, for somebody who's new to the name, I find it shockingly annoying. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, now tell us a little bit about what you do. Like, what does a normal day for you look like maybe while you were teaching digitally completely? And what are you doing now? Um, Well, it's funny. I discovered that I really absolutely despise teaching online, but I really love teaching from home. (laughs) Which is so bizarre. Um, Prior to this past week, um, it would look like I would get up um, about 5.30 and do some yoga in the morning and sometimes some other physical activity and just have a little quiet time to plan my day, make sure that I had created all the content I needed to create for my classes. And if I hadn't, how was I quickly going to spin that up and make that happen? Um, And then our classes start at 7.30 in the morning. Um, And I would jump online usually about 10 minutes before, always playing some music, something often like Motown, Stevie Wonder, something along those lines, because I started every class with the dance party, even if I was the only one dancing. Um, It at least gave the kids something to look at and listen to (laughs) while they were ghosting me. Um, And then I would teach uh, three classes and have a variety of meetings, and we were done by 2.15. Um, And I would usually stay available to my students for about half an hour, 45 minutes. They rarely took advantage of that, but I wanted it to be there just in case. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would create the digital content I needed for the next day um, and then go on and do other things usually around four o'clock. So um, my workday started at 730 and ended technically at four. But I mean, you've been teaching for a long time, Mary, you know that most often that continues a lot longer than that. Um, Mm -hmm. And on Fridays after school, I run an hour long improv club online um, Mm -hmm. for our school. So that's been a really fun way to end um, my school day most weeks. um, Now I was really hoping that when we got back in the building, at least with the kids who we would have with us, we would be able to do a little bit more. Um, So when they asked what furniture I wanted in my new room, I was like, I don't need desks. Just give me chairs. And then this week, looking at my two students that I had physically present with me Tuesday morning and watching their laptops slide off of their laps, I quickly sent an email. I was like, I made a mistake. Can we have some desks? Um, Because we've all come to realize over the last two weeks that really 
it's just still going to be virtual teaching. We'll just have some people in a room with us. Yes. I, and your guys are calling it concurrent. Yes. That's the model. And so does that comparable to what other districts are calling hybrid? I believe so. Yeah, that's that's. Mm-hmm. So I've got so many questions. One would be going back to when you were vir- completely virtual recently. What was the student engagement like? Does your district require the cameras to be on or not? And if not, or the, do the kids tend to put their cameras on? That is such a sore point for all of us. We are not allowed to require the cameras to be on, which we all understand in theory. Fairfax County is one of the largest school districts in the country, and it's one of the most affluent, but it also has an enormous disparity between the haves and have-nots. And we as a county are super, super aware of that. Um, So that's why we're not allowed to require that they have their cameras on because there's a lot happening in these houses of a lot of our kids. Sure, we have a lot of kids who are in these enormous houses and they've got this crazy good setup for themselves, but then we have even more students. It is much more common to have students who are sitting at a table out in a common room and they've got, you know, maybe an older sibling there and they've got two or three younger siblings there and they're trying to help their, you know, third grade sister and their first grade little brother with their work while they're also trying to attend to their own classes. Um, and I don't know how many times I've had a kid tell me, I'll be right back. I got to go walk the dog. or I'll be right back. Mom says I have to do the dishes right now or um <laughs> And we don't want the students to be comparing themselves and their surroundings to other kids they're seeing on screen. So that's why we're not allowed to require the cameras to be on. In the performing arts, that's really difficult. (laughs) And students also, this is something that really surprised me when they're in person and we're doing scene work together, or even if we're just doing warm-ups, Sometimes it takes a little while for them to get used to it. And they look at everyone else doing these silly things that I'm asking them to do. And then they very quickly realize if they're the one person not doing the silly things, they feel weird and they join in in what we're doing. (laughs) But they can't see themselves doing it. Whereas if their camera is on, they're looking at themselves doing it. And that is a whole different level of discomfort and self-consciousness that they have if we were in person. Wow. I am so glad you said that because what I have heard kids not in theater and my other classes say things like, I can't stand seeing myself on camera. Mm -hmm. This is heartbreaking. And, And I can't blame them, even though I desperately want them to turn their cameras on. I can't blame them because I hate seeing myself in that little square as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like being on a game show with poor lighting. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. And the lighting is never going to be good. No. <laughs> so you said you went back to school and you only had two kids in person. Is that Kind of the average, and then how many kiddos are still online? Um, It's going to change again this week. So we staggered. We're only a 7th and 8th grade middle school, and we Mm. staggered. So 8th grade came back this week, and 7th grade will come back next week. And Mm. three of my classes are mixed 7th and 8th grade. So um, last Tuesday, I was so excited to see kids for the first time in more than a year, and 
two children came into first period and one child came into third period. And I was like, I swear I had more kids coming back. And then I remembered, <laughs> oh no, there'll be more next week when the Sevies come into. Um, but then my English classes, it's about half our home and half are in school. And those are only eighth grade. So we had stacked rooms this week. And I cannot tell you how wonderful that was for for one class in particular another class is dead silent and we were hoping that Mm. would be really different in person and it was not (laughs) Mm. Um, Mm. but the other class has has built such wonderful community it's it's this is among the most delightful classes i've taught in 25 years they're so supportive of each other it's a team taught english class so it's a, a mainstream mixed special ed and general ed and um they, if a kid volunteers to read, all the kids afterwards jump into the chat box and are saying, way to go. You did a great job. Or they turn their mics on and they applaud for each other. And I mean, it's just such a darling group. And they mm. came in this week and it was even, it was just the same. It was just wonderful. And kids mm. who have been ghosting us all year, um, including one student who I had in a semester tech theater class last semester, he told me more in person yesterday than he did at any point this school year. And he made more progress in person yesterday on his writing than he has in the last three months. It was it was just really powerful. And the kids were hilarious and they were trying to convince us to discuss with them who our favorite students were. And I was like, oh, it's easy. Yasser Latifi, <laughs> class of 2003. And they were like, we weren't even alive then. We mean now. Who in each period is your favorite student? I mean, they were just, just was such a beautiful way to end a really stressful mm-hmm. week. And it made me really hopeful for next week, even though I know my hopes will probably be dashed a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, we'll ride the wave of happiness while you've Precisely. Got <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, um, and it, it's, it, I think teachers can all relate to the different kind of culture and personalities of classes. And um, I'm wondering how, and I'm assuming you're teaching, you've got online kids at the same time you're teaching your live mm-hmm. kids. And how is that working? How do you, how long are your class periods? How do you split your time between the two? Or are you magically, as I'm assuming you would as a theater director, mm-hmm. <laughs> incorporating everybody at the same time, like a, you know, a circus leader of a three ring circus? What are you doing? That's definitely a little bit of what it feels like, except I'm, <laughs> I'm the ringleader and I'm the animals and I'm the showgirls and I'm the, um, I have, So our classes are 80 minutes long and there are a number of different models that we've been shown that people are finding can be effective of doing like different station kind of things um, or different models of who's working when. And my team teacher and I are actually finding that our way of co-teaching lends itself fairly well to multiple different modes, whole class things where one of us is leading the class and the other one is jumping around digitally and physically checking in with kids um, versus the way we did it yesterday afternoon was she literally picked up half the kids virtually and half the kids physically and went to her classroom to give them extra support in what we were doing. And I stayed with the 
other virtual and physical kids who are ready to move on. Um, and that works really well. In my theater classes, it's a challenge because they're all um, beginning classes. So it's a whole lot of direct instruction. And it's very difficult to have them do any scene work because so few of them want to turn on their cameras to go do a live performance or even to do like a Flipgrid response. Um so it's that's been a big challenge. Um, and as a result, I'm doing an awful lot of direct instruction, which is very different from how I've ever taught theater in the past. Um, so I'm also doing those kids all at the same time. And it was really interesting mm. last week to have to split my attention, making sure that I'm physically looking at the kids who are with me and not forgetting to look in the camera to connect with the kids who are at home. Um, so there's a question, logistics-wise, where is, are you using a laptop like you did at home to see your virtual kiddos? And and if not, or it doesn't even matter, like, for some reason, I keep a scene like they're behind you and you're facing the live kids, but maybe not. What? How does that set up? No, I set up, we're really so, so fortunate to have the technology that we do, even if m- most of it's beyond me. Um So my setup is very similar as I had it at home, except at home I teach in a closet, literally. I have my closet set up that way Um, so that I could stand while I teach because if there's something I learned spring quarter last year, it's that I cannot sit and teach. Um, So Mm -hmm. I have it set up similarly at school. I've got a couple standing desks there that I have a second screen and my laptop set on, but it's off to the side of like where the whiteboard would be. And then I project any digital content I'm using onto the whiteboard. So the students at home and the students in my classroom are seeing the same thing. They're worried about bandwidth. Mm. So we can't have the kids in school logged on to the platform that we use. So we're mm. losing this functionality of, of the chat box that my students have used mm. to great effect. Um, so we're trying mm-hmm. to find different ways to do that. Because, so Because otherwise the kids at home and the kids in school can't communicate very easily together. So we're finding yeah. different ways of doing that, doing like a Padlet back channel kind of a thing um, or chat. <laughs> My students at, at home are becoming more willing to turn on their mics, if not their cameras, um, because that way at least the kids in the classroom can hear what they're saying. And we have, um, I don't know if you've ever had any, as a band teacher, had any, um, hearing impaired students, but I've also often had them where they might have a cochlear implant and I have to wear an amplifier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, we actually, they just gave us these mics that work very similarly. Um, but instead of obviously going into a kid's, um, cochlear implant, it goes (laughs) both into a speaker in the classroom and directly into the audio of my laptop. So, Ooh, that's brilliant. And I bet it wasn't cheap. Probably not. And we are so fortunate to have them because then I could move around the room. If a kid had something to say, I could go move closer to them so the kids at home could hear them better. Um, That was a game changer this week. So that I was so Mm. grateful to have that, especially once our um, IT person came and showed me how to use it because I was lost until they hooked me up. Yeah. Yeah, you lost me at projecting onto the whiteboard while the other, and then my brain just went. <laughs> it's like that take me a week to figure that one the, out. The only thing that made that easy for me was that I had been doing that last year, um, 
Mm. But having now having to have essentially three screens kind of blew my brain and my computer. And it was like, I have two classrooms. So the setup was working perfectly a week ago, Friday and on Monday. And then I go in and first period Tuesday worked beautifully. And I had to move to the other room and I hooked everything up and nothing worked. So I was Mm. just utterly thrown, Um, but they came in and fixed it all. And I just have to be really careful how I make that transition from one room to the other. Uh, Because if I don't, Mm. then somebody's not seeing what they need to see. And I'm super conscious of that. Are you finding so far, and I I know it's only been like a week or so that you've been doing this, but are parents and students being patient when things go awry? Yes, my students. I, I can't speak so much for the parents because even though I know there are parents listening to classes, which is really unnerving where that's never been the case Mm -hmm. before, they are significantly less communicative with me than they've been in the past, Mm -hmm. but students are, Mm -hmm. they have an abundance of patience for me, which I have been so Mm -hmm. grateful for this year. And they have lots of great ideas. You know, they're digital natives. They've been using all sorts of screens Mm -hmm. since they were toddlers. Um, and so, mm-hmm. and a number of them just have a gift for really working with computers. So they have been able to help me troubleshoot and fix problems and um, have just really been very patient when things don't work. So I've been very grateful for that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love that about students that in general, they're very forgiving and patient. And if they know you have some kind of impairment, like my vision, they're so kind, you know, I'll say, give me a second, guys, I'm squinting as hard as I can. But I what does that say? And then the kids in the class will say, it said this. <laughs> they're adorable. So they, they're my seeing eye students. I love that. For me. Yeah, it's great. Thank goodness. So, um, so you transitioned from online to concurrent slash hybrid can you speak a little bit about what was the stress level or anxiety for staff, students, and families about, I'm assuming they got to choose which one they wanted to do, and then were you folks able to implement any kind of either trauma-informed or wellness SEL type of strategies to help with the anxiety and the unknowns? That's a big question. Um, No, 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 that's okay. I think a lot of the high school students have been very significantly more vocal about that than our middle school students were. And I only know that because my husband is a high school theater teacher in the county as well. And his students have been very vocal about, you know, whereas a year ago they were saying, we just want to go back to school. We just want to be back in person. Now they're like petrified of being in, in school mm-hmm. with people, um, which is kind of funny because you ride around the neighborhoods and they're all hanging out in the parks together and not wearing masks. And, but no, they can't go to school. So yeah. I find that really interesting, whereas the middle schoolers have not been saying a whole lot about that. Um mm-hmm. Essentially, they were supposed to stick with whatever their family had chosen last summer for the school year. Um, um, but they are making exceptions and letting families choose, especially if families had certain um, logistics put into place that made their lives easier. And if coming back to school would completely rearrange that, especially, I think, for families who have child care issues and and 
um, parents who have who work multiple jobs, that kind of a thing, they're allowing them to switch. So I had a number of students that I was really looking forward to being in person and, and some of my English students who really need to be in person, um, their parents just switched them to staying at home because they need them to watch their younger siblings during the day. Yeah. Which yeah. is of course, part of the reason there's that. Equity exactly. Piece. And that's, you know, like with some of these kids, that's part of the reason why I need them to come to school because they're not doing any schoolwork during the day because they're taking care of their younger brothers and sisters. Um, and they need a chance to be students as well. But I also understand that, you know, right now they're filling an important need in their families. And a lot of the families mm-hmm. have that need because for several months they were out of work. And now that they can go back yeah. to work, they're working as much as they can. So they need their 13 year olds to be at home to provide childcare during the school day. Yeah. So were, were teachers given a choice to come back or not? Ooh, that is... That is a <laughs> that's a touchy question. <laughs> to a certain extent, yes. Um, the only people who are really allowed to stay home are people who had ADA accommodations. It was expected that everyone else who was not approved would come back in. That means- oh, so ADA does not include high Correct. risk, though. Correct. Correct. Ooh, that's a dicey. Um, and there yeah. were some people who are able earlier in the year to sneak in and get approval to stay home because they were high risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there are a number and, and we have 15,000 teachers in our county. So we're you're talking about a lot of logistics that the county had to try and figure out. I can't speak for other schools. Um, I do know one of my best friends has Lyme disease uh, and she was at, Mm. we taught at the same school for more than 20 years and she's still there. And they, even though she didn't officially get ADA um, approval, she has been allowed to stay home for the remainder of the school year, which is fantastic for her health. She really needs Mm -hmm. that. Um, At our school, Well, across the county, the way things were done, it's my understanding is based on the number of all virtual students versus concurrent students, um, they were able to make some staffing decisions. And our school tried to get really ahead of that at the beginning of the school year. We still do interdisciplinary teams. So out of our um, four interdisciplinary teams, one team is a concurrent team and the others are all virtual because we had that many families choosing last fall to stay home. Uh, and that means that those teachers mm-hmm. are actually technically allowed to stay home as well, even if they didn't fall into high risk groups. Interesting. Was there a lot of stress and anxiety about the safety of coming back yes. for teachers? However, Virginia was one of the first states to enable teachers to get vaccinated. Um, And once they announced that we were eligible to, an enormous number of us jumped on it very quickly. I had my first uh, vaccine on January 11th and had my second on the 29th. And the organization, the huge hospital group here that's been doing it, has it so well organized that begin between the beginning of December and the middle of January, almost every eligible healthcare worker had been vaccinated. And Northern Virginia is an enormously high density population area. Um, 
and they were able mm -hmm. to make that. I mean, it was like a party atmosphere and it was the, I was like, can you guys come and do my backstage organization for me? Cause this was amazing. <laughs> we were both times you get there and the line is down the block. I mean, these insane lines, but they move quickly. I was never there for longer mm -hmm. than half an hour. Uh, they just keep it moving. Mm. And once you're inside the building, you're not there for more than five minutes. And it's just, it's quick. And there's a party atmosphere with music playing. And they were like, <laughs> when the awesome. teachers started coming, every single person was like, we're so glad you guys are here. It's about time. Yay. And I'll finish that with like, we need our Aww. kids to go back to school. So please get everybody to come get vaccines. And the, the kids yeah. spent a lot of wow. money on um, researching and implementing different mitigation procedures with um, providing masks and cleaning procedures and things like that. So I think there's a lot of stress surrounding it, but I think that our leadership has really been very closely tied to the health department and to the CDC and really paying attention to science and paying attention to it as it evolves and adjusting as the science evolves. Good. No, that's so, so good to hear. There are a lot of people I, who are I, very stressed and anxious about it. I know that I have been as careful as, mm -hmm. as I can be and I continue to do so. And I think that a lot of people are worried about other people's ability to do so. But we also coming back into the building and mm -hmm. seeing people and seeing the students sort of has galvanized, I feel like, at least in my school, and calmed some fears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like your district was really transparent about the steps they were taking, maybe communicating with staff. I don't know. That's just what it seems like, which may help with the desire to go back, the trust in going back versus we don't know what's happening. You're just telling us we yes, need to go back. Um, I think they have been very transparent from the start and they have made their priorities clear from the start. I mean, their very first priority, which some people scoffed at because you're like, you're Fairfax County. You got all the money in the world. Yes, but we also have some of the <laughs> most poverty stricken neighborhoods. You know, um, so their first priority has always been to feed anyone who needs feeding. And that was starting last March. Um, and they never ceased in that and and did a lot of lessons learned kind of things as they were going. The first week of the pandemic, they only had um, food centers at like five of our hundred and I don't know, 30 some schools. Um, and then the next week it was 30 schools. And, and and but then they were saying, why aren't we seeing as many kids coming to get food as, as we intended. And then they're like, well, duh, because without the school buses, so many of them don't have a way to, to get to school to get the food. So then, and they'd also been mm -hmm. worried about now we've got all these trans transportation and food worker people who are out of work. How do we keep them employed? And then somebody said, oh, we use them to deliver the food along the bus routes. And when that happened, and they said, mm -hmm. this is free of charge. Any adult, any student who needs it, come meet the buses at the bus stops. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. immensely mm -hmm. proud of my district for that. And they have continued that. Um, so they're very transparent about that being first priority and then have continued that transparency all the way through, including opening up um, school board work sessions um, to more public comment than usual and that kind of a thing. And my principal in particular is enormously transparent. She shares with us along every step of the way. And I hear from my friends across the county and other schools that that's not necessarily the case. Um, 
And sometimes I think that might be the principals knowing their schools. Like if they give too much information, people are going to go crazy everywhere. Perhaps. Whereas the principal <laughs> really felt that it was more important for us to be able to see the sausage being made. And I think we all felt mm-hmm. very, very happy, happy and, and relieved to have that information because we really did feel like they were listening and they were trying to be responsive. That's wonderful. Um, I know one of the things that our district is worried about, we're supposed to go back high schools, April 19th, and the governor just made an announcement unbeknownst to all of us coming that, uh, you know, she's mandated an executive order. You're all going back slightly earlier than the district had planned for some of the elementaries. So the idea of what are the procedures, like the nitty gritty of keeping kids six feet or more apart Who's cleaning what and when? What do you do when a kid comes down with COVID at school or has the symptoms? Um, Is every teacher going to, I don't want to use the word enforce, but um, continue to help students understand that this is how you wear your mask and keep it on and don't (laughs) touch Johnny's stuff. Um, And, you know, those are those very real nitty gritty every you know, how you get through an entire day is still kind of a question mark in everyone's mind. Like in theory, like you said with the cameras, we understand it's supposed to work, but we know as veteran teachers, those kinds of things don't, it's not a hundred percent effective. It's not gonna. Yeah. So uh, I, I know you've only been doing it a week. So I'm curious though, what are some of the routines of the cleaning? What is the procedure and policy around masks and those the um, masks policy is very simple you wear your mask the entire time the end and you wear it properly and we didn't Mm -hmm. I did not see a single problem with that last week at all Um, I had at one point one kid whose gator slipped below his nose and he looked at me as like he he could sense I was about to say something and he goes this thing is slippery. I need to get some real masks. Also, I don't think this thing is protecting me and it won't stay up. And I was like, you just hit everything I was going to say. So I'll just leave you alone. <laughs> right. A plus. Yeah. I thought Gator is supposed to not be effective. Exactly. So he exactly. nailed that one. Um, so I haven't seen too many problems with that. And um, our custodians are supposed to be um, cleaning all of the high touch surface areas every 90 minutes. So those poor people are being run ragged. Um, but then they come through the classrooms. They they mark every day. It's super simple with a sticky note. They mark every day the rooms that have been used that day mm-hmm. because not every being used each day. And then they go in and scrub Mm -hmm. the desks and chairs and surfaces that they know were used um, during that class period. And then, or excuse me, during that day, Um, they clean it with the stuff that the kids aren't allowed to use. I think it's called Virex, Virex, something like that. Um, That's a super Mm -hmm. heavy duty Mm -hmm. disinfectant. Um, Kids you're not allowed to touch, mm-hmm. and the custodians have like extra PPE to use while they're cleaning it. Um, and they do that like as soon as Good. kids are out of the building so that it's all ready for them for the next morning. That's awesome. So, um, I have a question about your schedule like the overall school schedule. Are they implementing maybe more moments of? 
um, ways to regulate everyone's nervous system in the building, like SEL or mindfulness or something, because the anxiety, I would assume, is higher anyway, even if things are going well. So are they, are they intentionally focusing on everyone's mental health and wellness, or is it hey, we're back in school, let's go. It's an interesting combination of both. There are no specific action items for wellness or mental health, but we as teachers are being encouraged to build those moments in, knowing our classes as we do, um, to build those moments Mm -hmm. in in ways that will work for the class dynamics that we have. Um, For example, one of my neighbors was ending his virtual classes about 15 minutes early this week, and then taking the kids who were with him on a tour of the building to see, because we just finished renovation. Um, So there are spaces in the building that these kids have never seen because it was done over the summer. mm -hmm. Um, So he took them on a tour, Mm -hmm. you know, and to get them accustomed to it and to point out again, all of the one way, six feet only signs and, Things like that. And I thought that was a really great idea. Um, But we are so no specific action items, but we are definitely being encouraged to build those into our classes. Um, And even though Virginia is one of those tests with high stakes testing, excuse me, one of those states with high stakes testing, we have been reminded time and time again that especially for seventh and eighth grade, it's not so much the curriculum that matters, especially this year we are probably going to have some sort of testing at the end of the year, but what's more important is making sure that our kids are safe and are feeling ready to move on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds great. I mean, to me, it sounds like you're having a really successful experience as successful as possible making the shift from online to a concurrent hybrid. It's definitely exhausting. Um, I've had a headache all week Mm. and no amount of Mm. yoga and breathing has been able to (laughs) reduce that. No Advil has been able to reduce it. Um, so I'm definitely feeling, uh, in a subconscious level, I think on a, on a physical level, because I keep not allowing it to enter my headspace because then I wouldn't be able to do my job, but I'm definitely feeling the anxiety um, in my body, not in terms of, oh no, we're all going to get sick. But in terms of, I have not been an effective educator this year. And I don't know that, that having people back in the room, the reality is coming that I don't know that having people in the back in the room is going to make it any easier as I had hoped that it would be. Um, And so just that level of, I am learning new stuff every day about what's working and what's not working. And it's a lot and it's making me work even more and, and work even harder. And still this feeling of I'm not measuring up, you know, and, and I look at theater teachers at other schools who've been able to do all these online shows. And I'm like, how do you, how do you even, how do you even make that work? I literally cannot wrap my brain around the technological logistics of doing an online show. And I'm like, I can't get kids to turn on their cameras in a theater class and you people are doing shows. (laughs) Like there's that. I I have never really compared myself to other theater teachers, but this year, boy, am I ever, and Mm. I am not coming out good on that side. (laughs) 
Well, that, well, knowing you, your kids are getting a wealth of benefit from being in your class. And that tech piece you brought up is huge. I have band director, you know, colleagues who, oh, my gosh, you know, tech is their second nature. So I felt like from mm-hmm. the get go, their kids had an advantage because these, you know, their teachers were all oh, really versed in the latest and greatest music technology. And these guys, their <laughs> band director can't even see. So I, but boy, are they exactly. I, I I'm know. loving all over my students, whether they can feel it or not. Yeah, loving all over. My kids are happy. Uh, but, but you brought up something again, and I'm glad you did. I wanted to come back to what is the benefit then of being back? Now, I know there there are some, but I think everyone's expectations are different. Students, parents, teachers of the benefit of going back now is what? It's definitely not it's academic. It's not academic. Um, I think everybody had very different expectations. I think the kids were thinking I'd be back with my friends. Um, I think the teachers were thinking we can do more if we actually see our little chickens in our classrooms. I think the parents were thinking, oh, the kids will be out of our hair. Um, but realistically, the kids are only coming back two days a week. So that's actually making things more complicated for families, I would assume. We don't currently have any children living with us, so any school-age children. So I, I don't think that that would make things easier at all. Um And like I said, I think I said earlier, what we've discovered is we're really still doing virtual. We have to plan everything for our virtual students and then somehow figure out how to do the same thing with our in-person students when they can't be in the same platform as the others. And so I think that I, I think the point of coming back is to try to get people back in the habit of being around people. Um, in the hopes that we'll be doing something mm. sort of more normal. I hate to use that word in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think that and to appease all the people who are like, open the schools. <laughs> right. The rioters. Yes, the exactly. Gates, the flaming torches. Exactly. There's even an official <laughs> yes, organization of them in the county. <laughs> um, and I just, oh my God, <laughs> I, I think no one's expectations are going to be met. It is impossible to meet anyone's expectations. So we're just coming in and doing the best we can and, and loving on the kids who we have, whether we see them or we don't. That that's the thing. Doesn't matter if they're, I, as you were talking, I was thinking we should call this yeah. virtually live <laughs> teaching. Yes, that's absolutely right. And it's, I feel like I'm putting on a tap dance every single time I turn on the, I mean, like I said, I start with the dance party. So I practically am putting on the dance show every time, but yes, it, you are. it's exhausting. And yeah. doing this concurrently is somehow even more exhausting. And you know, that to me, I think you're absolutely right. And the triple threat there is it's near the end of the year where we'd normally be winding down. This yeah. feels like August and September all over. So for the third time, you know, kind of a thing since the pandemic started, we're gearing up for the very beginning of a very complicated 
however long and figuring it out. It's we've been reinvented exactly. the wheel three times in a year. And and I think that in a lot of ways, it's not being recognized. Um, and, and a lot of people are teachers and families are hating on the leadership of so many school districts across the county. But I don't know that they see that these people are literally working 24 seven trying to figure out the best way to meet our stated mission of educating children. I guess we need to change the mission. You know, yeah, like you kind of said earlier, academics Mm -hmm. is not the point right now. It's almost uh, safety, socialization, community, uh, temporary hiatus from our mission statement possibly. Well, and schools have become everything to everybody. I mean, we've been giving everyone's meds and shots, um, Mm -hmm. protecting them from active shooters. We're Mm -hmm. basically a community center. Uh, You know, and that's not even a good comparison. So I don't know. I will say I have not missed fire drills this year. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I haven't either. Interesting. Or any drills. Yeah, I haven't missed that. That's well, well oh, man, you said now. a mouthful. <laughs> we don't know what we're drilling well, for, Megan, ex- but by God, ex- we are exactly drilling. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been such a pleasure, and I know we could go on more. I think it might be nice to check in with you in a month. Yeah, because you will have done hybrid for a month before my high school goes back and it would be really nice to see if things are getting figured out and are, you know, moving in a positive direction mm. or boy, this is what we <laughs> learned. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> before we go back. It would be great. And I'm just, I feel so good that your students have you, your district has you because you're such a positive, thoughtful, smart, person who just teaches from your heart and I think that's the only way we're going to get thank through you. this really so thank you for being you. I needed to hear that today <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's true and I think every teacher and educator I hope staff person gives themselves some credit for all the amazing difficult hard things that they're doing in service of others and they're not alone we'll mm-hmm. all get through this Maybe in not the best of shape, but exactly. we'll get through and, it. And, we'll and I think that back. we can all rejoice when we're able to teach in the ways that we know best and, and maybe incorporating some of the things that we've learned in the last year. Yes, absolutely. All right, my dear. Well, thank you for being on the latest episode of Teacher Life. We wish our audience safety peace and good health thank you have a great day everybody bye-bye